Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Um, as some of you may already know, I'm running this um, uh, series called Women in Property. Now, I'm not going to claim for that to be my fantastic idea. It's not my fantastic idea. It was actually my wife's idea who said to me, listen, James, there's far too many blokes on the podcast. You need to be going to speak to, to ladies to see what they're doing in the property field because they're doing some fantastic things. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, and it's led me to um, connect with so many different ladies in the field, uh, ladies from finance, ladies, solicitors, uh, legal people, people doing some really, really fantastic stuff. Uh, and my guests today are actually a duo. And uh, I'm super, super excited actually to have them on here uh, and tell their story because, uh, you know, these two are doing some fantastic things, but they're just keeping it undercover. Nobody actually knows about what they do, which was quite shocking to me because you get onto social media and you always see what everybody's doing. So it was kind of nice to hear that these guys are just keeping it a little bit under wraps, um, but I'm sure they're going to share some bits for us today. So uh, good morning to the hard hat ladies. Welcome. Hi, morning. Morning, Jasmine. Morning, Priya. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, very, very well. Thank you very much, first, you guys, for joining me on this podcast. Um, I really appreciate your time. You girls, I know you're busy, so thank you to, for, for taking the time out this morning to join me. Um, so, look, I know most people start a podcast by asking about your background. I like to do it the other way around. So I'm going to ask you guys, tell us what your end goal is. What is the end goal for Jasmine and Priya? Where do you see yourselves when you hang up your boots and it's all done for you. I don't think we'll probably ever hang up our boots to be I quite say exactly the same thing. I just don't think that we are those people. I think that maybe we'll slow down or some years that we'll pick it up a little bit. I think depending on what we've got going on in life. But I think that the one well, the one of many things that we have in common is we are constantly wanting to learn, constantly wanting to grow, and constantly wanting to challenge ourselves. So whatever that might look like in one, three, five, ten, maybe 20, 30 years' time, I think it will, we'd always have that in common. Um, but short-term, we have other goals. Mm-hmm. So I think in the next one to three years, I would say, um, our main goal is to kind of build up a pipeline of projects, mainly focusing on um, commercial to residential, so development opportunities, whether that may be conversions or new build. Um, so that's primarily one of our main focuses. Another focus for this year is to um, develop our brand, put ourselves a little bit more out there. And kind of, as you said, we've kind of been, no, I wouldn't say keeping it under wraps. I would say just minding, maybe minding our own business kind of thing. <laughs> Not really like telling people as much what we do or what we've done. So kind of we started at the start of this year to develop our brand and social media so continue with that, I think, through the, throughout the next year and a half. It's something Jasmine and I are not, we're not too keen on. And it's really kind of taken us out of our comfort zone. And every month we kind of look at it and we think, are we going to carry on? Are we going to carry on? What are we doing? Should we, should we keep going? And it's taught us a lot in a very short space of time. So I think also with these things, you need to give it a longer period of time to measure any progress or success. 
Yeah, I think the main goal is just to be self-sufficient. That's really a big thing for us, is to be quite self-sufficient. So I think we will constantly be investing and developing until we feel we'll keep on going at the same speed until we feel like we don't need to be as sufficient as we already are. And I don't think that would be for a very good couple of years, to be perfectly honest. Not because we're not self-sufficient, but I think it's just right now, you know that term, you've got the, we've got the fire in our belly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now is our t- time to kind of work, get ourselves out there. So later on in life, we can slow down and have the opportunity to potentially, if we would like to, be at home, Jasmine with my kids as well as her kids, because I'm... <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. I have no comment. She keeps putting her kids on to me. I'm not sure, what, I'm not sure why, why this happened. I'm just... I said, I'll go to site. You can take care of the kids. Fair compromise, no? It works. It works. <laughs> I'm not sure who this works for, to be quite well, honest. But... next door to each other too, but I got okay. shut with, with a tunnel, interlinking tunnel. But I got wow. shut down pretty quickly. No. Guys, something you said there, and I'm finding it more and more often when I speak to entrepreneurs, is that uh, I said something, uh, I actually said it intentionally about hanging up your boots, because uh, I was kind of expecting you to say that you wouldn't hang up your boots. And the more entrepreneurs I speak to, they say exactly the same thing. They have no intention of hanging up their boots. And I mean, I've had a chap on my podcast who is, um, uh, you may even know him, he's from, uh, uh, he does, runs a, a designer kids brand. Uh, so you know yeah and this chap i mean you know he he is probably at the highest level of success at the moment and he said the same thing to me it was kind of like he was almost quite shocked it was like james me hang up my boots no i'm going to carry on going until i can't go anymore and it was like wow everybody i speak to who's an entrepreneur says the same thing do you think that's something um you have always had in you or has that kind of developed as you've gone into the property game I think it's a bit of both. I think both of us come from families that we've been around people that work, that the work ethic is strong. You know, you they are well into their 50s. They're constantly working. They, there's, no, there's no sign of them stopping and slowing down at all. They don't understand what we mean when we're like, you know, relax, you're getting older. You should like, you know, take some time. Both, like both sets of our parents, they just look at us like, what do you mean? Like, why would we slow down? So I feel like when you've been brought up in that environment, you are aware, always kind of almost in like installed in you that you like to work to, to, to like constantly be grinding. And I think that's so important. I think that's a huge, huge, huge influence for both of us. I think, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of my work ethic comes down to my parents and the people I've surrounded myself with, I think as well. Um, predominantly like my dad's in business um he was never worked from anyone he started his own business from the age of 18 so I've seen the grind and the graft he's had to do over the last like 35 years or so 37 actually and kind of if I will work harder so he can stop is kind of my end goal Mm -hmm. because I think it's important no, that's, that's nice, nice to hear. That's really nice to hear because, I mean, I'm finding, um, especially with myself as well, um, as I was growing up, you know, uh, my sadly my dad passed away when I was seven, but my mum was always there. And I think as a young child, um, you kind of, it's, it kind of instills in you quite 
quite firmly what you see your parents doing. And, you know, um, I say to my mum often, I said, mum, with the resources that you had and what you achieved in life is just phenomenal. You know, if I was to try and switch that up to my time now, you would be up there, you know, you'd be way up there. And people often ask me, they say, James, who's your role model? And I have to completely say it's my mum, because from seven years old, I watched her, you know, not only dealing with having lost her husband, but dealing with depression and holding down two jobs and bringing up two young children and working to better herself. So I totally get what you say. So would you say watching your parents as a child firmly put that into your head that, look, hard work is the way? Definitely. I would say say 100% for sure. I think as well for me, my dad is a businessman. So my mum's involved in business too, whereas my dad doesn't have a degree. So for, for when I was younger, education was a must, you know, kind of my dad was like, you can do what you want in the world, but I just want you to have an education. And I think because of his work ethic and where I was kind of saw it all throughout my life, it kind of gives you something to aspire to. And I don't know if you know, but I worked corporate for seven years after I did my degree. So I worked in the city in corporate banking and it just kind of, it wasn't for me. Like it, I I didn't want to wake up and have to do something for someone else and let them reap the benefits while I'm the one kind of behind it, grafting, grinding, when it kind of made, it makes more sense for me to kind of bring the money home as opposed to feed someone else's house. I'm not saying that rudely, but no. I think I'm the same. I'm actually in a similar position to you, James. My dad passed when I was 10 and my mm-hmm. mum had three jobs. She got a degree. She, had, she was a single parent. She had no family local so I feel like it was always installed to me, like it was just always just there, whether we spoke about it or not, was the hustle is real. Like you yeah. do whatever you have to do to make sure there's food on the table. And she, I feel like for me not to have done well in life would be a disrespect to the amount of effort she put in. So I don't always tell her because I sometimes, like I like to try to keep her humble because <laughs> she's done so well in life. But... <laughs> Like, and I like to have a bit of a laugh with her, but she's done so well in life. So for me to then be a bit of a bum or to not kind of reach my full potential or to push myself as hard as she pushed herself, it's just rude. It it wouldn't have been, it just wouldn't have been respectful to her because she gave me so many opportunities to, to, to be where I am today. She's, she's our biggest supporter. She really is. She's our number one fangirl, like, all the time, messaging us. You've got a WhatsApp group. So I'm so proud of you girls. Well done. And and we we have to be grateful for that, right? Like, there's not many parents that will both, both Priyazad and my my mum push us so much and they're both so involved. And I feel like it pushes us both to want to be, want to kind of do bigger developments and bring in bigger sums of cash so we can make them stop working or at least kind of slow down their workload which I don't Mm -hmm. think they'll ever do because they just think we're a kind of like a product of them and like kind of carry on carry on I don't think either of them will kind of slow down as such and I think that's one of the reasons when Jasmine and I met and we kind of you know started off deciding should we work together should we look for projects blah 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 kind of our goals and our values really did click and we kind of matched in that sense more so, I think. And that's why I think, well, I hope we make a good team. Well, actually, I know we do. I think we make a good team. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> I like how you uh, lady said that your mum is your number one fan because uh, I'm in the same boat. My mum is my number one fan. She's my biggest fan. In fact, uh, you may have heard it on mine and Ted's Property Duo podcast that it is actually our mums that are our biggest fans. And, you know, my mum's quite new to Facebook and Instagram and I can see her liking posts and commenting on stuff. And I'm like, no, mum, don't do this, please. And the other day she's like, can I join your live call on a Thursday? I've got a few things to tell. And I'm like, no, you're going to tell everybody <laughs> stories of me when I'm younger but yeah I get what you're saying and it's nice um it's nice to have your mum there supporting you and it kind of gives you a purpose to kind of get out of bed every morning and kind of give back to them because they've been so fantastic to you um would you say that your why includes your parents in a big way then on why you do what you do Humphrey. I don't want to speak for Jasmine on behalf of this but I would say for me, predominantly, yes, and predominantly other factors too. However, for me, I kind of have seen sacrifices both my mum and dad made all throughout my life and kind of the love they have for their parents as well. And it kind of makes you like what kind of makes you think of the bigger picture and where you want to be in kind of 10 to 15 years and ultimately we're going to get married, have family of our own. And kind of if my dad and my mum can slow down and stop working as much, that's kind of the biggest achievement for me. Mm-hmm. And just being able to kind of support them a little more. So, yeah, for sure they are a huge factor in the why. But I also think you have to have, you have to be really determined and have to want to do property. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a hard It's a hard industry to be in, especially kind of, I would say us, Jasmine and I being so young. So we have, I think in the morning you have like to get out of bed. It's not an option. You just kind of, you've got to do it. You've got to keep persevering. It's, it's a tough field and it kind of, you all get knocked back 150 times, but it takes that one step forward to kind of give you that want and, you know, that drive to continue. I feel like I'm rambling. Jasmine. (laughs) Uh, no, like I think, I think Priya's why is a bit more is a bit more her parents. Like, I, I am an only child. My mum is a single parent, so it is just me, and my mum. But my mum, like, I know she'll be taken care of. Like, she's cool. I'd like to, I I I want to help more, and when she will allow me. But I'm kind of almost in the background, like doing things, so I know one day when she needs something, I have it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I do it more because I don't want to waste the opportunity she gave. So she is definitely a, a reason why. But also because I was, because I was brought up by a single parent, she worked three jobs, had a degree. We had like no family in London. So for me, she, my circumstance was a reason why I started so young. Because I always said to myself, when I get married, I want to be at home with my kids. But I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be financial. Like yeah, all right. I'm so my kids, Priya's kids, apparently next door neighbours kids are all coming down. <laughs> James, you want to drop your kids off too? I was, I was just about to add that actually. You know what, basically I've started a daycare centre, that's my second business now, that's what's happening. <laughs> but that was always my side hustle this year. So what, what'd you say? You, you wanted another side hustle this year? Don't. <laughs> well done, amazing. Just have snotty kids at my house, great. <laughs> 
so I'm just that that was kind of my reasons I was like I never need to be reliant on anyone I never need to stress my mum out I never need my mum to feel like because when she went through a divorce she was kind of left with nothing and I think that mm-hmm. was always a worry for me so I thought what I'm gonna do is make sure that I'm okay I'm financially okay and I can be at home I can be kind of give a life to my kids that I'm just didn't really have that side of it and mm-hmm. still okay so well that was kind of a really big reason for me so my circumstance and my mum was part of it but it was more kind of setting myself up for the future basically mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really big why for me and now it's kind of I feel like now for me when we take on bigger projects it's can we do it do you know what I mean the challenge has almost become become something that we thrive off of like are we going to be able to do this like we can do this how are we going to do it like people didn't think that we could do it why don't we just see what happens you know and that's exciting that's it that's kind of I don't know it's like it's almost like a rush Mm -hmm. and that becomes addictive in a positive way but it becomes addictive I think as well we kind of can continually push ourselves so for like a a small example we were looking at a new deal that we were kind of considering a few days ago and we both looked at it and it was kind of it kind of made sense we knew it could work but it was a lot larger than what we're used to price wise price purchase point wise and five times larger than what we're used to so not a incremental jump kind of a significant you know So we both kind of looked at each other and I know both of us inside were thinking we can do it, but both of us were like, had to then kind of rein it back and be like, this is not for us. Not yet. I think one of the things that, again, why we work so well together is because we kind of, we know our boundaries and we have to be sensible and kind of slow and steady as opposed to let's jump five times forward. And, you know, when you're talking about five times, increase in purchase price is five times the chance of making a mistake cost that that's going to obviously increase your costs and whatever so in that sense we continually like to be challenged but we kind of know our boundaries and know how much risk we should be spreading and yeah, yeah. I mean the purchase price was I think it was nearly six million yeah it was mm-hmm. in an area that we didn't really know too well like we know it, but not really too well. And it was a very like micro area. So we had to really be specific on that specific street. And I think that especially due to the climate and what's been going on economically, I didn't think that we we both were, I mean, I sent it over and I was like, I sent it very reluctantly. And then I was waiting and then Bria's like, Jazza, I just think it's really, it's like, it's great. It's really expensive. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. back. <laughs> I'm really grateful for, but it just means that maybe we're like one or two more deals away from getting to that point. But Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Guys, before I really delve into the deep sides of property with you, I want to just, in a nutshell, could you let the listeners and the audience know what you guys were doing just before you came into property full-time? Yeah, Jasmine, me? You want me to start? Okay. Yeah. So I actually started investing when I was 19. Um, I... I basically invested because my mum was already investing. I didn't really agree with her model of investing so much. And she was being quite pushy to me. So I basically went behind her back, bought bought a property with my nan's money um, (laughs) where I lived at at uni. And it worked out perfectly. My mum actually bought one across the street because it was such a good idea. Um, And I basically slowly was buying one or two a year. Some years I didn't. 
and I was working uh, in the city after I did my degree and my master's. And then Mm -hmm. in 2016, I was just kind of working by the companies and was self-employed anyway, but I went full-time into property in 2016. And um, yeah, so I've been in it. What year are we in? It'll be just, it'll be 11 years in, in July this year that I would have been in property. Okay. Um, and yourself, I, um, I did a degree in economics and I worked um, in corporate banking. So for RBS and for Lloyds Banking Group for seven and a half years. Um, after that, I got made redundant and um, I was kind of looking for new contract roles. And then my dad kind of floated the idea. So um, my dad has a business and his hobby is property. His portfolio was kind of getting a little bit larger he kind of wanted me to come on board and help him manage his existing stuff and continually to kind of start to build and build my own portfolio at the same time at the time I wasn't too keen I didn't know much about it to be honest I kind of you know I hear it all the time at home but kind of just you know just was in my own world I was young I was like 23 24 growing up and just kind of just kind of kept fobbing it off fobbing it off and then when I got made redundant um he said come for six months if you don't like it you don't like it if you don't learn anything you don't learn anything you can still go and get a job like we weren't in a recession it wasn't going to be difficult for me to go back into the corporate world um I did that three and a half years ago and I'm still sitting here so (laughs) yeah it's worked out I mean I've developed my own portfolio developed a portfolio with Jasmine and still occasionally sorting out my dad's. So how did you two get together and form Hard Hat? Um, Jasmine and I met about four years ago, but we met through my best friend is Jasmine's partner. Mm -hmm. So we kind of met, but we never always in like kind of large groups and we kind of never really spoke to be honest, right? Um, when I was kind of making the transition into property, he was like, well, why don't you just meet her one, one-on-one and like have a coffee with her, see what she's up to kind of, it might be, she might be able to help you. Um, we did that. And then as I kind of got into a few months into property, like doing my own stuff, I realized that it's quite lonely. Like back when I worked corporate, I had like, I would go into work and it will be all my mates kind of just, you know, everybody knew each other. We all kind of, you know, you had a nice, you know, it was a nice like friendship circle. Whereas with me at that time, it was like January, it was cold, it was horrible. And I just had my dad and then I would come home. And I would have my dad in front of me again. And I would have kind of no, like, you know, no colleagues, no one to chat to other than him. And then Jasmine and I kept meeting up. I think it became a regular once a week kind of catch up, what you up to kind of thing. And we both kind of stumbled across commercial conversions and new builds at the same kind of time. Um, And from there, we kind of just kept talking and talking. And then we had both had the same ideas. And we were like, well, why don't we just try and see what happens between us two and kind of, you know, develop another side to our business. And kind of that's all that happened, right? Yeah, we had like a lot of similarities as to where we were very similar age. We live in a very similar area. We had very similar values. Um, We both we both had our own individual portfolios, but also work, I worked with my mum, pre worked with her dad. That itself comes with its own kind of um, ups and downs that not many people really understand. So 
we had so we were kind of going from talking from like once a week and meeting out once a week and then we were doing networking events which we both bloody hated so we'd (laughs) each other into going and you know like we'd be sitting there and it kind of naturally just happened that we were doing things at the same time and it was almost just companionship and Mm -hmm. both of our kind of goals goals aligned and my mum was quite my mum was quite supportive Priya's dad was really supportive and the rest is kind of history as they say it all all just kind of slotted into place at the right time at the same time and then three and a half years later we're I've now stolen her from him he's she's now my friend not his (laughs) wow I'm sad about that to be perfectly honest but don't even believe what she's saying she's so happy about it no you know what Talking to you guys, you've got such a good synergy and there's such good energy between you two. And it's uh, it's nice to see that. I mean, like you said, uh, Jasmine and Priya as well, property is a very, very lonely place at the best of times, you know, and especially, especially if you work on your own. I mean, uh, me and my wife work together, but my wife's a silent partner. I, you know, she's the brains behind it. I just do everything. And I, I'm the one who does it full time. And like you say, you could be sitting there looking at a deal. You can be in your own space. You might not see anyone, and it gets very lonely, especially if you're a pe- you know a people person and you want to go out there. You want to talk to people. You want to have a laugh. You want to have a joke, and um, um, it's nice. I think it's nice. There's a there's a real real synergy just talking to you two. That I can see the energy that flows so nicely between you two. Um, our adopted child in this house. Literally, she walks <laughs> in. My mum and dad are all over all the time. I'm like, hello, I'm here as well. Yeah, give me some attention. <laughs> that is so you. That is her line. <laughs> I don't get that anymore. Yeah, well. So, guys, when you formed Hard Hat, do you mind telling uh, the, the the audience about your first project? What was the first project you guys did together? Do you want to yeah. start? I can start. So we we kind of looked for a project. If we put in offers, whatever, same as everybody else. It took a while to get off the ground, and then we found kind of by mistake um this this care home so I was calling an agent um about kind of getting numbers for a different property like a different project and just kind of getting comparables and then the next well, I was on the phone to him for like 45 minutes and then the next day he called me back and he said um I've got this care home it's not come on the market yet like I'm looking to sell it it's got planning permission what do you guys think so I think that was the Thursday and then we drove down um like on the Saturday to look at it so we went, it'd been empty like about three years. And then we went back and forth for four months, I believe, there or thereabouts in numbers. And then we finally got a price agreed on in February. And so the first project we've had together has been <coughs> a, it's a basically 8,000 square foot care home that we are converting into nine two bedroom flats. Mm-hmm. So it's in, it's in East Sussex. Yes. Okay. Wow. So you girls don't do stuff by halves, you know, see, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this women in property series, because there's too many blokes out there that are doing a little conversion. And they're like, yeah, I'm the man, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, it's still so good. I'm doing this. And you guys have just got in 8000 square foot for somebody who doesn't know what 8000 square foot is. That's a pretty big damn space. You know, you've taken this first project and you've built nine flats. That's, ladies, that's remarkable in itself, just hearing that because that is something that somebody would probably do you know maybe five ten years down the line and you've gone and done that I understand you've both got previous uh, experience in property but that is, a, that is a pretty wow project to be starting with 
Did it scare you at all? For sure. Still scares us every day. <laughs> like every day we'll get an email. We'll be like, what is this? Why is this happening? And kind of, but we've kind of, I think we've kind of become a very, kind of our attitude on the project is very much a bit more chilled than when we first started. It was a lot more daunting at the start. Now we're kind of nine months into the build. Um, and we kind of know whatever gets thrown at us that there is an answer. And it's kind of really easily dealt with. And that comes from having such a great support network and a good power team, predominantly. Um, so it's, it's, it's not been an easy project. It's kind of been very, very challenging. We've also had like a lot of kind of things come up that we kind of didn't expect. And it's not to say, um, I think that's just this kind of thing in any conversion project. It's just the state of the building the roof, the chimneys, all these kind of things, it kind of comes more to light after purchase, once the building's been stripped back, once everything's kind of out. And, you know, so we've kind of, we're enjoying it. We're learning a lot. And I think that's the kind of goal. Yeah. And that was kind of, for us, we kind of wanted to get our teeth into something meaty that we can enjoy, work together on and kind of just learn. Yeah. And I've done a few commercial projects prior to this one. And what I've learned is no two projects are ever the same. Never. Mm-hmm. They're so unique and they keep you on your toes and you kind of keep being challenged in ways, just like, for example, utilities. It's crazy how how it differs from one building to one area from, you know, things like that. And I think we like to, that's one of the reasons we kind of for the next three to five years predominantly want to focus on commercial stuff because it's a bit more exciting than residential gives us a bit more of a buzz there's a lot more to understand there's a lot more to think about to incorporate and that's another reason that both jasmine and i kind of we also invest across the uk because Mm -hmm. the markets are so different and we like learning about the different types of the market the demands what's needed what's not and it's crazy some some areas are so kind of behind obviously we both live in London and we just look we went on a viewing and we looked at ourselves and was like what's going on here we're doing some we're like I don't understand like how how is this you know it was a I think it was a 300 grand property in the same area as our care home we were just like what how is this how is this selling like it is it is quite insane like I mean this project to be honest I don't think we quite realized what we were what we were kind of taking on, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like we knew the number stats. I mean, when we when we go when we look at a deal, it's going through about five, six sets of eyes. When once we yes. especially because the project itself is quite expensive, really. We both invest in London, so a million pound plus doesn't scare us. But mm-hmm. when you're putting a million pound build on top of that, it's a whole different ball game, you know? Of course it is, yeah. yeah. In West London and put, an, put, put 100 grand into the property, it's not a big deal. But to do kind of a million pound purchase and a million pound build, it's, it's, it isn't, it's intense, like it's scary. So I don't think we, the numbers worked. It went through everybody's eyes and we all got it. It all looked great. And then it's that first time when you're like, okay, I'm getting it. Like I'm offering that. Like, is this going to work? Like what if they say yes? What are we going to, what are we actually going to do? Like... I think we got the offer accepted and we both, Jasmine saw the email, I think I was on a viewing and she called me and we both just sat in silence. We're like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do we do? Like, 
And it's funny because once we'd offered, our our parents hadn't actually seen it. So then they're like, oh, well, like, we want to see it. So then we had to take them down. They're like, we need to celebrate. And we were like, no, there'll be no celebration. Like, what are you talking about? It's so stressful. <laughs> like, no, it's great. It's great. Like, let's have a glass of champagne. And we were like, We'll no. sing at lunch. Like, can you two just go home? Like, we can't <laughs> deal with you. It's like having children. Yes, it was and- they're, they're very keen of like celebrating all wins, however big or small. So the fact mm-hmm. that just our offer accept, got accepted, we hadn't even completed, we hadn't even exchanged, hadn't even told the solicitor, I don't think, at this point. And um, they're like, no, no, come on, let's have lunch, let's have some champagne, celebrate. I'm like, no, this is not happening. Like, um, £2 million, pound. come on, shush, everybody, <laughs> everybody go and ask their friends for money. <laughs> it was, it was it's, it's been like, I feel like this project has taught us that we can work well with each other do you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a very odd feeling to know but like I've I've been away quite a lot like I travel quite a bit so I would leave Priya in the lurch almost when I would go a holiday once a month every year every month last year so really wow you lucky 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 <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a bad business partner sometimes but like I'd be on holiday and I'd be like on my emails you know as we all do I'm sure and she'd be like go on holiday and there's no one really I trust to do the work or kind of mm-hmm. complete the project like how I would do it it's prayer like I don't I have no doubt in my mind that she would do it just as well as I would and I feel like probably you, better I, you know you need to be careful of what you're saying love <laughs> <laughs> You know, what? it's really it's really nice you say that because a lot of people start a business and then they actually just end up creating themselves a really busy job. You know, you go from leaving a corporate job and then you start a property business and you've just created a massively busy job. But it's nice that you say that, uh, Jasmine, that you can step away and go on holiday and, you know, uh, you know, Priya's your superstar back home and she's got everything sorted for you. And she's she's got all the reins there, you know, because I find it time and time again when I speak to some business owners and they say, you know what, James, if I could have four weeks off a year and go on holiday, uh, that would just be a really good goal of mine. And I'm thinking, hold on a second, you don't start a business to you know, not be able to go on holiday. Your business should be about having a better life and doing better things in life. And it's nice to hear that at least one of you gets away, you know, 12 times a year. You know what it is, James? I had had some stuff like family stuff a lot last year and I had quite a bit, probably the same amount of time out as Jasmine, but it's just on other things and due to circumstance, different things. And likewise, at the same time, Jasmine was completely there for me and kind of I think it kind of it just it just swings and roundabouts really you kind of just do what you got to do and kind of it works yeah I'm sure. very skeptical of going into a partnership with somebody who wasn't family like I think it's like you know people JV from someone they met at some random course or a networking event and now they're best mates for like a year or whatever but I feel like We've had quite a tough couple of years, you know, personally, time-wise. The project that we started together was quite a huge one. And I feel like we've just gone strength to strength. We've kind of, don't ever get me wrong, we've had certain disagreements. But, you know, just kind of how you would with a relationship, you figure it out. Like, you speak to each other, you figure it out. And it's never been so bad that we can't get over it. And our families have got closer. And I think that we've kind of built a good foundation. So it's quite nice. But it's it's hard to kind of trust somebody to do the same job as you but it's nice having somebody to kind of do it if you do go away and you don't worry but we're very much of the well I'm very much sorry I won't speak for prayer is I don't want to buy 30 houses a year if I can't go away or spend time with my family I'd rather buy 10 
and mm-hmm. still have a life because mm-hmm. that's where I think people forget. You're not supposed to be buying a hundred houses to then create a secondary job, looking, sourcing, financing, you know, building, putting the next one, doing the pipeline. You, you're, you've created yourself like a, there's a no-win situation. I don't ever want to be part of a job or a business or a life that I feel like I need to run away from. I enjoy going away, but I enjoy coming back. And most of the time I come back, I'm like, I am ready. Like, I am excited. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, be quiet. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not to be doing. I think as well, that's one of the things Jasmine and I also struggled with because obviously we became friends and then we started work together and then we forgot to be friends because work kind of took over quite a lot for us. Do you know, like, and then it got to a point where we were like, every time we'd kind of meet, our laptops would be out, we would be talking work, it would never be time to kind of switch off. And I think this was a great learning for the both of us that we kind of have to give us ourselves that time and also not to forget kind of how we started and why we work so well together. Mm-hmm. And so now we kind of, well, prior to lockdown, obviously, um, not so much now, but kind of made sure that we kind of give our friendship some time as well during the month or whatever, the busy week, or even if it's just like, a, you know, going to site and coming home, just no work talk, like two hours in the car, put some music on, let's have some fun kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really nice you say that because it's, uh, you've, you've identified that you need to have a business relationship and also have a friendship, you know, and a relationship outside of work. It's almost, it's almost like you two, you know, like you're a married couple, you know, you've got your work life, you've got your home life, you go out, you've got to have some fun together. And it's nice you've kind of, you've identified that because, you know, you get mixed opinions on partnerships. Some people say, oh, they're great. They work really well. Some people absolutely hate them. Uh, For me personally, my wife always says to me, James, you've had a few partners in the past and it's never really worked for you. So she's always forced me to kind of just work on my own because she is very, very good at identifying those skills and sits in the background on my on my shoulder just saying, look, James, no, that's not working. That's not. But it's nice that you guys have you've got a really, really nice balance there as well as business partners and as friends. We tried it was it takes time right everything you you kind of learn you figure out you readjust and I feel like we got into business as friends so to to then just if if something kind of happened to just be business partners is almost just wrong because it the business was built on friendship you can't let one or the other go they kind of both mm-hmm. have quite balance it's quite good it's funny as well because when we sit with our like our other halves as well they're like you two just you're too much like you, one of you don't even need to open your mouth and the other one's got it and like we can just sit there and uh, th- I think um, a few days ago we were like having some food and Jasmine was like I, I don't even need to look at you I can feel the anger from across the room like <laughs> you are actually fuming aren't you and I was like yeah I am like sometimes I can feed it like I can actually um, like I could I can just see her face like I can imagine what her face is going to be like sometimes it makes me laugh <laughs> oh she's funny she's funny you can't have a laugh, have a laugh. Have a no, I, t- I totally agree with you so let me ask you out of the duo which one of you is the one that's quite sensible and thinks about things and which one of you is the one who goes with a gut feeling gets really excited and is like yeah we're gonna do this deal everything's gonna be fantastic and then the other one has to rein the person in and say listen we need to look at this we need to look at this or would you say you're both pretty balanced I think we're balanced. Yeah, I was going to say that. We have our moments. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what works well. Like some days I'll be like, Jasmine, I don't even want to talk. Can you just talk? Like, you know, when you're <laughs> meeting the audience or 
you know, and some days vice versa, Jasmine will have a good day and we'll have a bad day. But I think we're very pretty much balanced. And but what's really nice as well is that I feel like we kind of sometimes without even knowing, always there to kind of pick each other up when it is a struggle, things are, you know, it's property. It takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, to get there, you need to be really motivated and determined. And some days you wake up and you, you're not feeling it. It's, it's just life. It's kind of just, you know, how it is. And it's funny because like on this project, so we've got certain people, you know, there's m- m- multiple moving parts. And on the project, like we've got contractors, we've got like QS, we've got like surveyors, whatever. We've got a whole, whole range of people that we've had to kind of deal with. And there's like some people that I deal with better. And then there's like, which we, but we don't both kind of like, neither of us really want to speak to because we're both quite blunt. So some of them are a bit wishy-washy and then like Priya will be like, oh, you deal with that person. And then it's almost become like, we've become good cop, bad cop. And Mm -hmm. it's quite odd because I've never had that before. I've never had a good cop, bad cop to like situation. So it's quite funny, really. Like sometimes I'm good cop with one set of people and then she's bad cop and then it's vice versa. But it's been quite, it's, it, it works it works quite well, really, because I feel like, especially if you're in a bit of a mood one day, to be bad cop is really helpful. <laughs> we have to diffuse situation when we get like that. That's and it's so strange because, like, for example, we were going to a viewing and the contractor called me and we've got two, like, project managers in the foreman and Jasmine gets on with one and I get on with the other. And he called me and we're having a chat and I think it was about 25 minutes. And then I got off the phone and she goes, do you do that every time you have to call him? I said, yeah because it makes him like me like she goes haven't got time for that like I'll stick to my man you stick to yours and that's kind of it it's easy it's quite we've been quite lucky really on this on this project our contractors are phenomenal like absolutely phenomenal but it's probably very rarely you say that about a contractor even with covid they're still ahead of schedule so good Mm -hmm. for them and but it's been a really great experience for us to work with them really we were a bit we were a bit apprehensive I think when we went into the project, because we didn't really, you know, such a big amount of money, such a big amount of um, just a bigger space. It was kind of stuff. It's because it's a period building. A lot of the stuff we would never know what the problem was until we owned it and we stripped it back. So they were really good with us. And I feel like like one of them's gone and got Instagram just to follow us. Like, <laughs> great see what you're up to. <laughs> he, he's like, oh yeah, like when when you do this, let me know. Like, and he, like he'll have a full. I think he's got like kids our age, mm-hmm. so I think he was quite like into like watching us kind of do stuff, and he was quite nice as well. Like when we first met, he was what he he emails and he said the girls, and then he was like, I'm really sorry. Like, are you okay with that? Like, I didn't mean to be rude. Like, are you going to feel a way about it? But he's like the same age as our parents. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it didn't come from a bad place. Like you could see he was trying to be endearing. So whatever, like if it, if it makes you want to kind of be nicer to us because we're younger, then I'm all here for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so guys, just as a, you mentioned this deal, uh, just for the listeners. Um, so you said what is, roughly speaking, it's a million purchase and a million refurb. Do you mind me asking how you raised that kind of funds for that kind of deal? Robbed a bank. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, what are you doing? Life's a joke. Okay. Um, we, we this is this is what happens. Um, we well, we said development finance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, quite a huge chunk of the build, and then we self we self funded and we investor financed. 
Okay. So that was kind of, we're very much about if we're asking people to invest in our project, then we should also have some skin in the game because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't feel comfortable investing in someone else's project if they've got no money in it because their motivation is also going to be different. So we were of the same school of thought. We should have something in as well. So we've, we put up money, we had investor finance and the rest of it all came from development. It was somewhat okay. It was, yeah, it was, there were, there were days that it was a struggle, you know, like you, you thought you'd paid everything and then boom, you got hit with another bill and you're like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Where am I going to get the finance from? Because also at the same time, we've got other projects going on. So sometimes it's not, that you don't have the money the money just some happens to be somewhere else and you can't move it from one bank to another you know you know how it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but we we always figured it out we've we've not we've not had no complaints from anybody everyone's been paid on time if not early guys have you ever had any major financial disasters in your property business that have hit you quite hard and you're like wow you know i learned so much from that um and you know it was it was a massive massive learning experience for you or have you been quite lucky I don't think it's to do with luck. Like we've had, like like back back in the day. When I say back in the day, until about twenty plus years ago, my mum bought a couple of things off plan that didn't work out too great. Um, but that's so far gone. You know, she wasn't really educated or whatever. But um, no, I think I kind of got into a little bit of difficulty. Um, I was um, one of kind of a little strategy I kind of do on the side is look at short lease flats. So buy them, essentially extend the lease and flip them, turn them around quickly back onto the market. Um, however, um, I didn't realise the cost of the lease extension would be so great. So it kind of obviously eats into your profit. And also sometimes the time taken and the, like the, um, the, at the process of getting solicitors to contact the freeholder and all that kind of long, long stuff. So... Um, it ended up kind of on that project just breaking even as opposed to potentially making anything, but at least it wasn't a negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So nothing, nothing major that sticks out where you think like, Oh, that really hurt. No, I mean, sometimes it's going to hurt because you didn't make as much as you wanted, but I think that you've got to be very smart when you make the decision of what you buy. So for instance, if you're buying for HMO should also by accident from work as a buy to let you should have multiple different exits because life I mean we're in a pandemic you know life doesn't always go according to plan you have no idea what's going to happen and like for you to roll out through different kind of economic environments and timings you just have to be smart don't put all your money into something that you're not really sure on don't buy off more than you can chew and don't buy things because you feel like everybody else is doing it like if you are not confident and you don't have the money to back it up or you're not sure of the exit then just don't do it you know mm-hmm. and that is where people get themselves into a massive mess they're either over leveraged or they've they've bought in a property in an area they don't really understand or it doesn't work and they were kind of more quick like to pull the trigger and buy it rather than to kind of hold back and wait for the right opportunity and to have done their numbers mm-hmm. So Perfect sense. There's like so many ways in which you can learn about property, but essentially, like obviously, Jasmine and I have kind of looked at these courses and kind of, you know, actually been on one or two. And I feel like nothing can teach you more 
than actually just starting however big or small that may be whether it kind of maybe a joint venture or you know kind of learning working closely with someone um i think i'm not a real fan of courses i'm not saying anything wrong with them but i feel like they teach you so much jargon and so much not like theory but when you go to apply it it's not as always as easy as that mm-hmm. the kind of people struggle more yeah. so. and and like i can tell when we go we go to a networking event if you've been to a property course or to like you know one of these learning things you can tell immediately yeah by the which the way they speak the terms that they're using and it's kind of just i just think you have to start and gain experience that way and there is always a way in yeah always i think it's just just start start small cut your teeth on maybe a baby buy to let you know something that worst case you rent it out to family or you can live in it or whatever and just start just just have just you know however you start just just start but start smart that's what it is i like that i like that yeah that's nice um um, yeah like you say i mean uh you can generally tell on a property course who's kind of genuine and who's not but what really frustrates me is when somebody's trying to teach you about property and they have no property of their own or oh. you do a you do a background check on them and you think hold on a second your balance sheet shows no properties it shows nothing there's nothing there there's no mortgage charges how are you possibly standing there trying to teach someone about property when you've not done it yourself it's a, a, it's a bit of a liberty isn't it really it's funny though I feel like I know this is really sexist so I like please take it with a pinch of salt but I feel like it is as a generalization like when we when we go to property events we find that women generally are quite kind of like a little bit in the background like they won't really maybe kind of talk as much or that they'll more talk about like a job they've been in or or whatever but I feel like it's always the men who's like I've got this many properties or I've got like this much money available or I know this many people and I've been in probably this many years and it's like, <laughs> okay, we get it. Like, so do you want to give me some more kind of detail? And it's funny because I feel like sometimes we've gone to events and because I don't know if it's our age or if we're females or if I'll, I don't know if we're, cause we're ethnic. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it's almost like we get bypassed as if we're not doing anything that we've we've like fresh off the boat from a from a course, and then the people just assume that we're like gonna do not we're not doing anything or, and it's been a couple of moments like Priya will say this. Someone said something. He goes, "You're never gonna make it in property," and I was like, "Wow." He's like, oh, do you remember this, friend?" And I was like, "I own more than you, mate. Don't, don't come at me." And I'm quite feisty, so when he said it to me. I was really, really offended, like, yeah. he didn't know me. And I actually happened to know a little bit about him. So when I said it to him, I was like, I own my properties. So I f- would feel like you should maybe research me before you start making generalizations that we do not own anything because we are smart and we own stuff. So, and it's quite funny when you go to networking events because sometimes I feel like there's no honesty. Mm-hmm. Like, just be transparent. We keep ourselves to ourselves more so. And kind of people make assumptions based on that. And also Jasmine and I are both 29. We probably both look like we're 21 sometimes. Thanks. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, especially me, like I get it a lot. Like, oh, really? You're 29, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? And I've had someone, I've been in a room kind of with my dad, myself, I think um, Jasmine and her mum were also in the room. And we were talking about a deal 
and um, a gentleman across the table actually said to me, I don't want to speak to you. Can I speak to your dad? Can, 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 you, can, he, can he answer the questions? And I kind of, when I first started in property, <clears throat> sorry, <coughs> sorry, I don't know what happened. Um, I wasn't as vocal as I maybe am now. I'm probably still not that vocal, but um, so I kind of just kind of brushed it off. And then my dad actually turned around and said, well, no, Priya did the work. Priya knows the deal. Priya did the viewing. Why can't you speak to her? Like, it made no sense. And I kind of, and then at that point, I got in a bit of mood, as you do. And I was like, I've got nothing to say. Like, I don't kind of, <laughs> I don't. Because if you, if you kind of treat me with that, like that attitude, you have no relevance. And it's actually hilarious. Jasmine and I bumped into the same gentleman a few months later in a different place. And he came over and he was trying to be like really nice, really friendly. And I just carried like carried on doing my work. And I was like, Jasmine, I've got nothing to say to him. Like, I really don't. If you're going to kind of have this bad attitude, I don't know if it was because it couldn't have been because I was Asian because obviously my dad is Asian too. So it must have been just literally because I was a woman. Yeah, it was really it was really awkward because she made me like have to say talk to him because she was sitting there in silence. So I, I I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh hi, uh, like it's really uncomfortable. And she's like, don't talk to him. And I was like, okay, like, oh, you know. okay. I think we need to go now. Like I think our meeting's about like we were in a like a hotel lobby waiting for a meeting or something. And I was like, I think we just need to go. Like let's go. I feel like you got caught, but you do sometimes have to call people out on their you know their behaviour. Sometimes you do have to kind of put them back in their place. We had like an agent. And we we offered, I can't remember if we offered asking or just underneath because the deal worked and it was like well over a million pounds. And he goes, well, you know, and it was really, really obnoxious. And he was like, you know, I don't know, you lot are very young. I don't know if you've got the money. Like I need to see proof of funds. Da, 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 da. He was just really rude. And I I was absolutely fuming. And mm-hmm. like we were top of his dad, he's like, I'm going to send him the bank account. We've got that money cash, like we'll buy it. And we were like, no, no, don't worry. Like, we've got it. It's really nice that you're going to kind of like, you know, basically we call for backup, but we were cool. And then I just sent an email. I was like, I don't know what your problem is. Is it because I'm female? Is it because you feel like we might have this amount of money? Is it because I'm young? I, I don't know what your problem is. And we we then from that day decided to never do a deal and business. And he was actually the owner of that agency. And we said mm-hmm. we would never work with that agency again. Like, we we get to choose who we work with. And we don't particularly want to work with people that that have some sort of judgment against us because, well, for whatever reason that might be, unless I've been rude to you, then I totally get it. But Which we're very rarely rude to people, by the way. Yeah, just to each other, not, not to other people. <laughs> I think it's really important to have to work with people that you gel with, regardless of what kind of, in any shape or form. For example, the care home that we bought from an agent um he was a complete nightmare to work with he kind of saw the opportunity I think that we were two younger girls he probably hasn't dealt with some people like that before he could kind of take advantage keep pushing the prices up pushing our boundaries he even tried to play Jasmine and I off so he would Mm -hmm. call me say something oh Jasmine said this can you commit to this and I was thinking to myself Jasmine's never said this in my life her life like how how are you saying that? And I think one day it was hilarious because he called my phone and then called Jasmine's phone whilst we were together. So we could hear each other. And he's trying to kind of increase our purchase price 
obviously we're trying to come to a negotiation we're trying to do like a, a deal that works for us as well as satisfy them and he was just kind of so arrogant and I think it was it was pure because when he never he spoke to like my dad on a few occasions and met in person he was never like that towards him was he never. and then got to a point where again my dad was like I'll just deal with it and we were like no we will deal with it because it's kind of this is this is our learning curve as well like we need to learn how to deal with any Tom, Dick and Harry that's kind of thrown at you and you know that's a reflection of them and not us and that's something that we had to learn just not to get kind of disheartened upset kind of pushed back because it's not a reflection of us that's not how we do business and we would never want to be like that and it's just honestly a reflection of them and their ignorance yeah it was really hard though because I feel like you naturally want to be angry because I actually was on the phone to Priya when he called Priya and he was basically lying about what I had said and you know you're, you're going to cause a rift or you could potentially cause problems just for an extra 10-15 grand here or there or whatever mm-hmm. and it was really I mean we both aged over this process like I have the hair old I no longer look 21 do you know what I mean but <laughs> You know, it was a really, it was a really tough thing because naturally, if somebody is kind of lying about you, you feel anger, you know, you feel anger, you feel kind of disrespected. And most, some people would sit there passively, but then sometimes you can hear it and you, you kind of want to react. But that says something bad about us. So we, we had to, we had to kind of, it was a very big learning for us to like, kind of check our emotions, check our, check our business ethic and we were very lucky that that was probably the only experience on this project kind of be an issue with us being females. Otherwise, with the, the contractors who maybe kind of that get a bad rep with females, I think maybe sometimes, mm-hmm. they have been phenomenal. And also there's a female carpenter on, on our site. She's great. We love her. We're like, oh my God, that, there's another girl here. Like, this is amazing. Like, what, how are you here? Like, you're all surrounded by men. Like, I love it. Like... We were on site last week and I said to Jazzy, let me get some pictures of her, like, you know, for the Instagram. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. I was like, well, I'll ask her. And like, it'll be like, it's great to see like another woman doing just as much as the men and, yeah. you know, doing so well. We love that. Apparently she's the best carpenter on site. You know, she's got great detail. She's really like thorough, very clean. I was like, yeah, I love this. Love this. You know what, guys, that leads me on to my next question, actually. You know, being um, young Asian ladies in, in a predominantly man field, would you say you guys have felt, or maybe not felt it directly, have you indirectly felt any kind of discrimination against you? Do you feel maybe contractors speak to you in a different way? Have you felt like maybe they're looking at you and thinking, you know what, these they're just there's a couple of girls or a couple of ladies, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. We could really take advantage here or we could bump this up, bump that up. Have you ever felt any of that? And do you think that's still quite apparent maybe in the construction industry? I think we certainly felt it. With, for example, when we went out to tender process, um, there were some con- contractors kind of just, you could just tell they were having a laugh. Like one guy said, um, in order for me to start work, you have to contribute to my site setup. And for us, that's a no-go. Like, I'm not, why am I going to, if you, you have a business, your cash flow should be strong enough in order to set you up on a new project. And, you know, he was just trying all sorts to kind of win the job and talk talk the talk and kind of think that we'll kind of get walked, out, walked all over. We actually sat in his office for a good couple of hours. And I think we both walked out and we said, no, no 
kind of because we didn't gel with them and I think working with contractors and tradesmen we kind of only work with people who we know that we're going to get along with and it's actually strange because Jasmine and I were having this conversation yesterday and I think all the contractors and all the teams I have all across the UK are literally my number one fan like they're so supportive the fact that I'm a girl that the fact that I'm young the fact that you know I'm wanting to want to learn and they're willing to give me the time and the like and you know explain things a bit better sometimes I don't get I'm not a builder I don't understand every every kind of concept I think that's really important whereas you kind of have to get to know the person a little bit I think before you can know whether you're going to work with them or not yeah I've kind of had for the most part I've had good experiences back in the day like when I first started it was I feel like it was a lot harder like I feel like and I and I think this is the problem we'll never know if there was a judgment against us or someone was kind of rude or I don't know didn't take us seriously I don't think we'll ever really know if it's due to our age if it's due to our ethnicity if it's due to our gender I think that's the struggle for us we'll never really know which one of the three it could be so when I first started, there was a contractor up north who proper took the piss, to be quite honest, you know, like he could have done a better job, but I obviously was also far away. I used to work abroad a lot. So it was quite hard for me to kind of keep an, an eye on things. And he was actually was through the letting agent that I had used him. So I when I came back, I kind of sometimes I think you've got to throw your weight around a little bit. Sometimes I think I was too nice. I just kind of just was like, oh, everyone's trying to make a bit of money, whatever, trying to make a cut. But he was quite rude. He was quite rubbish at his job, overcharged. And that's a very hard lesson to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think from then it was very much that I would wanted to meet the, that was when I decided I wanted to meet the contractor and see his work. And then sometimes be a little bit firm when you meet them. So they kind of know that you have a boundary and you don't know, you you do know something. When I first started, I made the decision to do the first house up myself, just so mm-hmm. I kind of knew like what items were, how long certain things would take, how much certain things cost, because I was very worried about being taken advantage of. So I kind of did the first couple myself, like doing it up and had a little bit of help from my uncle and stuff, but I no longer do that. But... <laughs> Oh, I can tell. <laughs> I can't imagine you girls getting on site and getting your hands dirty now. You know, it seems that you've got, yeah. We would. We, it, we would. The prayer would look at her face. She is not happy. The <laughs> other day, we were on site and they were bringing the plaster in, like carrying these ten kg bags. I can go to the gym and I can carry ten kg, no problem. I'm not carrying plaster bags. He was like, "You're gonna go and get involved." I was like, "No, you having laugh? That's just not me." <laughs> no, I'm the opposite. Like I'll go. So I have HMOs up north. And then like, obviously every summer, you know, the tenants move out and then you kind of got right. a little bit, whatever. And then every summer, like it's always a little, little bits that don't get finished. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a little bit, the rubbish has not been put away or the bed hasn't been moved somewhere. And I will go for two days because I know it will take me that long for all the houses. And I'll go, I'll take a hammer, I'll hang up pictures, like yeah. I'll get involved because I have to. Because sometimes it's easier just to do the job yourself. I'll just do it myself, it's easier. It's great. The other day, um, Jasmine sent me a picture. She was like, oh, do you like this? I'm putting this picture up. I was like, yeah, really nice. I said, it's lockdown. How are you going to put the picture up? She goes, myself. Oh. oh. I yeah. was like, I've got a shed full of tools, like, you know. I said, to her, I said to her other half, I was like, can you come and fix my wardrobe when you're allowed? Because my, my shelf's kind of like, the hinges come off. Is it a hinge? 
yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's dropped today. It's, <laughs> it's a bit wonky. He goes, yeah, no problem. I said, but can you bring a hammer? Because I don't have a hammer. He was like, you don't have a hammer in your house. I was like, no. Like, my dad is the least DIY man in the world, and like, we just kind of, I just don't know how to do these things. Or Jasmine, she gets like stuck in, and I'm just like, just having. We're, we're only two females in my house, right? Like, if we don't fix it, I can't be calling somebody every time I need a light bulb fixed. Like, if I'm going into loft, I'm going into it myself. Like, light bulb, Jasmine, come on. My mum, my mum mows the lawn. Like, do you know, like I'll, I'll do stuff in the house. I'll, I'll buy stuff from my kid at my desk. I'll do it out myself. And if something don't work, I'll, I'll say to my other half that I did. I feel like I did one part wrong. Show me what I did wrong, so I don't do it wrong next time. Like I'm very much like I want to get involved. I want to figure it out, and I can do every. Well, I can try to be just as good on stuff as you guys, and vice versa. You know, why not? No, I think that's I think that's great. I think you secretly love it, really, don't you? Getting the toolbox out and putting pictures up and going up and painting bits. I mean, I don't try and do it as much as I used to, uh, but you know, it's it's kind of rewarding seeing seeing a a project come to an end, and you've kind of been the last person who's gone in and maybe painted that little wall or moved that bed or hung that picture, and you look back and you think, "Wow, what an achievement! I actually did that." I love doing stuff like that. I like like I feel like we're coming towards the end of this new of this project, and I feel like it's getting more and more real for us. And we're seeing like the coming soon board. It's gone live on Right Move, and I feel like we're getting more and more to that point that you know you can see from where it started to where it's finishing, and the rooms are getting together, and we're getting a little bit like you know you can see it coming together, and you're like, oh, I we chose that kitchen, and we chose the flooring, and oh look at this, and it's a really weird feeling, like it's a proper accomplishment. Yeah, right move and I messaged Jasmine I was like the agent just just you know sent us an email we're live blah 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 and I was like this all feels real now and she's like we say this every time something happens but it kind of it it just does get that bit more a bit more real and kind of you know sometimes you think when you're also when you're in things I don't know if I'm saying but you kind of it's day in day out you kind of don't take a step back and kind of realize I've actually done this. And then I think last time we went to site, we had our coming soon board up and we both stood like across the road and kind of both looked at each other and were like, we've actually done this. Like how amazing is that? And I don't we've think actually pulled it off. <laughs> I think something Jasmine and I obviously don't do as much as like kind of give ourselves credit where it's due. We kind of just shrug things off and kind of just be like, okay, what's next? Like, come on, let's keep going. And that's kind of, not a great thing but it's also not a bad thing I don't think yeah no like prayer did prayer did like great like like when we when we were when we were together she she got her first investor and I think that's a bloody great milestone like huge as as an investor yourself and as a developer if that was a really big like kind of hurdle for you the minute that you close that deal like that's an amazing that should be that should be um honored like we should we should kind of acknowledge that she did that. She was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And I was like, it's a huge deal. Like, it's so great. You should be so proud of yourself. And we have to remind each other of something that was really hard for the other person. Or it was kind of a really big challenge for the other person. I mean, I I did a formula in a spreadsheet because I'm so bad at spreadsheets. Chris like, Jasmine, you did a formula. Look, I was so impressed. And I was like, yes. You know, like, you want to be acknowledged for the stuff that you're doing and sometimes you forget to acknowledge it yourself so it's good that we have each other to tap each other on the back when we've done a good job feels good so so I guess the dying question is once your care home project conversion is finished how are you two going to celebrate you know how are you going to award yourselves well hopefully we're allowed that 
hopefully there's no COVID. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to do a little holiday. That's fantastic. Anywhere yeah. nice? Have you planned it? Well, Jasmine wants to go to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go to Puerto Rico. I just want to go somewhere where I can just kind of chill out, switch off, have some sun. Yeah. We all want to go to Dubai for the hundredth time. That's where she wants to go. Not here for that. We're going to go somewhere neither of us have ever been before and have a good time there. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. No, at least you at least you've uh, realised that you're going to you know you're going to do something to celebrate, guys. Before I bring it to an end, I want to ask you one question. If there's, you know, the, the, the main focus behind this series is talking about, you know, women in property doing fantastic things. And I think it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning because you guys are doing some really good things. And I'm so glad I spoke to you. If there's a young lady out there, you know, she's there right now thinking, you know what, I really want to get into property. It seems like a daunting field. I'm worried about it being male dominated. I don't know which way it's going to go. What would your advice be to this young lady considering you to have gone through it yourselves? Um, I would say kind of, I'm a big overthinker and I'm, I second guess myself a lot and kind of always think, what if, what if? And it's always kind of what if negatively, not positively. So oh, great, I would say kind of don't double guess yourself and just try. And as long as you start, you can always identify where you go wrong along the, the along the way and it can only get better and it takes and just to kind of keep going and don't give up because oh. it does take time in the property field and it kind of you do need to to allow yourself that time to grow and change as well i think and confidence is a huge thing when i first started i i really lacked confidence i kind of also was not kind of like afraid to tell people what I was doing, but kind of just like not sure how people kind of react. Will they take me seriously? So as soon as my confidence grew a little bit, I found a lot of change within myself and in my work as well. Yeah. I think for me, I would, I think as females, we like to vent a lot to like, you know, you like to kind of have a sounding board. So I would say that just pick one or two people that are supportive and are quite positive influences in your life. They don't have to be within property and have them kind of be your pushing factor to moving forward. Very similar to prayer, I kept a lot of things to myself. And that's something hugely that I struggled with because I always kind of, I didn't really have someone to just kind of have a conversation with when I was getting into property. I I felt like it was quite, I'm not shameful, but it was not something that I was supposed to do. So I kept it to myself. I think but find a good support system, one or two people, be it your family, be it your friends, be it someone you meet at a networking event that's also kind of on the same journey as you and and just have somebody that's there being your supporter the whole way through. And I think that that way you'll always, you'll always have somebody pushing you to be better and kind of making the steps that scare you. No, that's some really solid advice. And, you know, thank you for that. Guys, so I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm going to ask you one class question that I ask everybody. And it seems to throw people at times. But Uh what's one thing or one vice you just cannot live without? Uh, Individually, that is. Gumpra. What what, what do you mean? Like, materialistic? 
No, something that you just have to do, maybe a naughty pleasure, something that you you, you that you're known for. <laughs> okay, we both have the same issue. <laughs> we both we both really don't want to say it, but I feel like we're just gonna say it. We are shisha addicts. Oh nice. We nice. are shisha addict. He's not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it. Um yeah. So that's how we chill out. We'll go on site, we'll go to our local. We are probably this is the one thing that I think we struggled the most with of lockdown. We're the people that will go out for a fancy dinner to celebrate and then end up back in some dodgy place near our house <laughs> because that's just where we feel comfortable. It's not dodgy, firstly. A little bit dodgy. It's a little it's not like the nicest. Second of all, it's it's just it's just it's we actually referred to it yesterday as our second home. Yeah. Kind of you walk in, the people are great, it's just chilled out, good time to switch off and just catch up and I think that's something that we both kind of missed during lockdown is it's not even the shisha I think I think it's like the social aspect because like everybody there has become a friend we go with our friends it's kind of just nice but we are addicts we both have pipes at home okay that's all I'm saying during lockdown. <laughs> we have our own that's what we do that's okay that's our that's our vice and it's shared Guys, that is absolutely fantastic. Do you know what? I can't wait till COVID is over. No doubt I will see you guys sometime at a networking event or, you know, at one of Tej's many events or something. And I can't wait to have a glass of champagne with you. And if you've got your pipe as well, you know, we can give that a go. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, guys, how can people connect with you if they want to reach out and just ask you a question and or, or just, you know, just generally follow your journey? Um, we're on Instagram at the Hard Hat Developers. And you can drop us an email at info at thehardhatdevelopers.co.uk. Why can't I speak English? I've spoken so much now, I'm swallowing my words. Um, and yeah, just feel free to drop us an email, Instagram or whatever. So yeah, guys, I will put all the show notes in and, and links to your socials. And uh, for everybody listening, if you got value from this, there's only one thing I ask you to do is jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, preferably a five star and a nice comment. And we'll continue to be bringing you value like this. And I'm super excited about the, the Women in Property series because um, every woman I speak to on this podcast is doing something amazing so far. And it's just simply motivation. And you lads out there listening, don't judge a book by a cover the next time you're at a property event and don't just disregard someone just because you think, oh, no, they're a lady. They may not be doing anything. Guys, once again, thank you very much for joining me this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.